Grand Risings, my love bugs. It's 10.28 a.m. Today is April the 24th. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, we're going to continue with the Tower of Babel, the Book of Enoch. Um, I believe we're still on Noah's story. You know how the gods have kind of been, like, telling us what happened, and then they were explaining more in detail with the next episode. I think that's what's going to happen here a little bit more. Um, So, let's just get back into it. I don't know what to expect at this point right now, because some of these things, um, it's just them telling us more deeper and learning more lessons and stuff, okay? So, let's see. Boom. Um, They're saying that that they brought them to a new kingdom because remember we left off with Noah and his family and the other divine masculine and feminine families um they were in the water for 40 days and in 40 days if anybody know how waters and oceans or seas and boats work when you're drifting like that you're traveling you're not going to just sit in one spot and the water's not going to drain like a bathtub. So they were literally traveling to a new land. So this was a new kingdom that the gods provided for them that had everything, you know, we left off with. Um, before, they were kind of living in like a city-based environment where everybody was on top of each other. Um, everybody can just like be all in each other's business in each other's areas. And the new kingdom had more vast lands. They were able to build homes from the ark the wood that they took down from the ark and different things like that they were able to set up markets and stuff they had a village where they would go into town to get things and then everybody had their own separate homes so if they wanted to visit each other they would get on the horse and buggy and go a mile or two down the road and go to their family or their friend's land so that's kind of where we left off and we left off with noah um and his wife being quite older at this point in time they were the great grandparents around this time and they passed away and his family continued on the legacy so moving forward from that the gods are saying that um in this new kingdom they blessed them with this because you know they were the chosen ones they're the ones that listened i see at this time too um azrael the angel of death that the fallen angel of death that I told you guys like protects me and stuff. He was also um a part of this wiping out of everybody. Of course the gods did it with water, but like he was a part of that. He had something to do with all those deaths to the ones that did not have any knowledge. So in a way I'm not gonna lie, it's kinda like um it's like they get to collect souls. So there's a certain list that the gods put the karmic's names on this list. So it was up to Israel to make sure that they died. And it's like, you know how you guys, I tell you guys, there's not just the devil. Like, there's just like a concept. There's different demons. But there's no actual demon king or anything that's like associated with the devil. That's just like a made up thing. There's different demons and shit like that. But for him, as a fallen angel or a demon, but he's the angel of death, one of them, there's many of them, his job that the gods gave him was to collect these karmic souls and bring them to purgatory and keep track of them. So 
<clears throat> I see that he has a book. So if you guys know about Akashic Records and things, there's a book that lists out all your past lives, all your karmic death, um, whether you get Dharma, who you're going to marry, who you're going to be with, what type of um, life, life purpose, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not just for this current life. It's every life that you ever lived. So Azrael got a um, a new... I guess like a promotion. He wasn't just like a death angel. <clears throat> when they helped, when he, when they had him help with this whole flood, they gave him like this new position where um, he has like the Akashic records for the karmics. So any bad karma like that and resulting in death and having to go to purgatory and having to face karma like. You know, I said some karmics are just never going to heal. They just don't want to. It's not in their energy because they slept with the fallen angels. He's in charge of what happens to them in purgatory, how they live out their um, all eternity in hell, basically, or in purgatory, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So that's kind of like what his new position was. I see that there were certain angels that actually helped with the flood, so it wasn't just the guys that did it. They commanded certain angels to help with um, the storm. There is an angel, Metariel, that's the angel of rain that made the rain happen. Um, I see as they moved into the new kingdom, um, there was song and healing, you know, that went and took place, I see. Um, the angel of song is Ish Raphael. So he helped them get back to their joyous healing vibes in this new kingdom. Um, yeah, there's also when, when Azrael is kind of, he's like a leader in purgatory. So he got this new position where he's like a leader and he is basically um, in charge of directing the other fallen angels now what to do with these karmic souls. Because it's like, okay, you guys kind of stay, stay claim to these. Like the God scene, okay, they're never going to change and be our perfect um, divine masculines or feminines anymore. So since you guys are able to rule over them and you're still ruling over them even after they reincarnate, you get to rule over them in, like, purgatory. So they put Azrael in charge. Okay, Azrael, I see you. They put him in charge, and um, he gets to tell the other fallen angels that's down there what they can do with them. So there's Cushiel, that is the angel of punishment. So he gets to punish them, whether they are on this realm again because you know that they didn't stay down there forever obviously because we wouldn't have karmic energy on this planet now but it's like every time they reincarnate and they go through different things on this planet these are the angels that get to take them off this planet with the angel of death and when they're going through punishments and karma it is Cushiel that gets to punish them yeah now when it comes to the divine couples and them learning about divination, how to tap in with, um, you know, reading cards, runes, um, stones, bones, tea. Like, there's different 
ways that you can read and get messages. There's a certain angel that helped them with that. So um, a lot of God's chosen divine masculine, divine feminines, once they got to this new kingdom, some of them started to um, actively partake in learning divination. And there was a certain angel that would come to them in dream time. This angel's called Etibis, Estibis, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, that's cool. So some of them were getting like um, ideas on how to create instruments and stuff with Israfel. And then when it came to um, the ones that were learning divination and how to scry or how to read or, you know, discern their dreams, there was a certain angel for that too. So it seems like the gods were having them connect um, with these divine, masculine, divine, feminine through dream time. Yeah. Um, there was a certain angel as well that was helping them with their memory, meaning like to learn the truth through the things that they remember. Um, because that's a lot of, you know, I'm not gonna lie, that's a lot to take in during that time, you know, and it's like they needed them to write these books. They needed them to uh, remember these lessons and stuff. So there were certain angels coming to them in dream time to help them remember so they can get up and write it down if they were missing, like, because that's a traumatic event. Everybody that you ever seen wiped out by water, you hear them screaming, you hear them hitting a boat and pleading to get in, and, you know, it's just like, that's a lot, you know. So there was Zachariel that was helping them um, interweave these memories as they were writing. So it was like the gift of scrying. I mean, well, not scrying. What's it called? Scribing. Scribing. The gift of scribing came about where the angels could kind of channel through you and help you write these books, especially if it's like your mind's trying to shut it out because it's like traumatic. So they were helping them um, remember it in a way and write it down. So there's a lot of different angels that I'm naming off. They could be mentioned there, or it could just be because I have an angel deck and they're telling me. Um, but they needed them to write down the truth so that the future generations could know and learn about these things. There's also an angel of truth named Faniel that um, that helped with Zachariel and Estebis and them scribing in writing down their dreams, writing down memories, um, and anything like that so that the truth can come out. Now, when it came to um, restoring the beauty, restoring love, joy, and things in the new kingdom, there was Tifret, which is um, helping purify the heart. Um, him working alongside of Israfel helped them heal their heart through music, joy, beauty, um, you know, finding like, I don't know, like finding mercy, basically like having mercy for themselves. Um, cause that's like, you know, it, it might've given them a feeling of like guilt that out of all those people that once were around them, that they were the ones that survived. So it's like, you know, some people say like music heals, this is why, because these angels were helping them create music to help them heal their heart. Zadikiel is an angel of mercy, so he was actually helping them, you know, have mercies on themselves. They were experiencing a lot of empathy and sorrow because they were feeling the feelings of what was happening to 
the or what has happened to the um karmics and even though like you know um it's like they were deserving of it and it was the god's judgment it still was like really hard for the chosen ones to know that damn like just because you couldn't change your ways you couldn't do this or that that everybody had to be wiped out so it was like really fucking with their emotions and stuff so there were certain angels that they sent down to like help with that yeah um there was also certain angels that was sent because now it's like they're experiencing winter for the first time right and you know how everything is silent. There's no birds chirping. Um, you know, it's different. It's like this is the first time they're experiencing winter. So they um, helped them with that silence and, like, filling that void. Because since there was so much silence and there wasn't so much commotion in the town, and even the families that were still alive, they were spread out at least between, like, a mile or so um, between each other. So it was, like, silence. You don't hear people um, in a bunch of commotion. You don't hear arguments or laughter or playing or it's just like it's a country versus a city. If anybody has ever lived in a country, you know what silence I'm talking about. It's peaceful to me, but to some people it like was they needed to heal their heart um, because it was making them like have past memories of, you know, the karmics and stuff like that. So there were certain angels that came down and helped with that, too. Yeah. Now, when it came to the karmics that were in purgatory, they were experiencing um, Azrael was commanding certain um, other fallen angels to just make them suffer down there. So, Simikio is the angel of vengeance. So, they were, like, wreaking havoc on them in purgatory. It wasn't just the fact that, oh, they're gone. Um, they were also experiencing memories of, like, where they did things wrong, where they should have did things right. Um, they are realizing that they were no longer in a actual physical body anymore. Like I said, Cushiel was um, punishing them. There was vengeance. There was, like, yeah. They were unaware of why they were there. There's a lot of, like, drama going on down there, so... It was like they're not just gone and just chilling. They're actually going through some shit. Now, when it came to um, this kingdom that the gods set out for the divine masculine, divine feminine, they were um, learning how to build, how to um, grow trees, how to, um, you know, live amongst all these animals that were already there. And there was a certain angel that helped with that. Um... I know I'm going to say this wrong. Suchlef. Suchlef was helping them with, like, gardening and, I mean, not just gardening, but, like, planting many trees. So, like, how I explained, there's Garden of Eatings all over the world. Just look at some of these states and stuff and really look at how many trees and forests and stuff that is, like, here to this day. And just picture that way back in these days before we had cities and roads and all that kind of stuff. Like, example, like Oregon, Washington, things like that. There's so many trees everywhere. It was like that. They were learning how to plant forests and nature and things like that. Yeah. Um, There was also a lot of um, divine masculine, divine feminines that were during this winter time. 
Um, that's so funny because, you know, a lot of people will be like, you know, winter, fall is like cuddle season and people tend to kind of get like pregnant around that time because you're just in the house, it's cold, you're sitting in front of the fireplace and, you know, you and your partner have more sex. So Archangel Sandalfin was here to help bring new life. Some of them were experiencing having twins for the first time. So it was like a I don't know how to explain it. It was like, a, I don't think there was twins around this time. So it was like maybe the first group of twins were starting to come out because the gods wanted them to be repopulated. Like I said, there wasn't that many of them. So, yeah, they were getting twins, their crown chakra, which was like, you know, their downloads, their messages straight from the gods. That was more activated. They're becoming more spiritual. There's a certain angel that helps with that named Katir. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. Um, when it came to the lower vibrational people in purgatory, Azrael was um, directing Hamsmed, the angel of annihilation, to like annihilate them, punish them, vengeance. There's like a lot of darkness going on. At the same time, there was a lot of beautiful light. Um, yeah, I see that there's another angel name Nesta Netza that was helping them um not helping them but it was like making them like taking away the energy of them being able to endure this pain and suffering down there yeah a lot of the um divine masculine divine feminine were re receiving a lot of blessings and a lot of dreams visions and stuff especially in this silence in this dead of the winter type of energy they were getting a lot of visitation from um angels i feel like most of this was in dream time because i see a lot of clouds and stuff um and i see archangel gabriel actually gave them a big message what is that yeah he gave them this message of like wisdom he was um, showing them things with their third eye of, like, what was to come, I'm guessing, or, like, what the gods wanted everything to be. He was also showing them, like, snow, like, what it is, how to survive in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So they were learning about snow. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. They were learning about snow and, like, what it means, um, why it's harder to grow fruits and vegetables and stuff and like kind of how to um harvest all your foods and stuff before then not trying to plant anything during this time while the trees and everything is dying around them they don't know they've never experienced this before so they were getting messages from gabriel um specifically about snow now as the snow came there's a certain angel of snow named Shelagil, Shelagil, something like that. So yeah, <laughs> it's like they're they don't understand. Um, I'm thinking too before the snow actually happened, they were kind of picking up some of these messages in dream time, so they can know. Okay, we need to stock up on this and that before it snows because we're not going to be able to have um, like plants and stuff like that to just go out to our gardens and pick them and anything like that they also could have showed them how to store things in the snow 
You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, uh, there's no ice box. We call them ice boxes in New Orleans, but y'all call them refrigerators and stuff like that. Fridge. There's none of that back in these days. So they were probably trying to teach them how to store meat or um, vegetables and stuff in the snow. Like it could freeze over outside. So I don't know how that works, but they were showing them how to do it. I don't know if they had, like, a certain box. Like, this could have been, like, the first ice box or something. They could have had it surrounded by snow. And then with some snow inside the box. And something like that. Where they put, like, their stuff outside to stay, you know, preserved until they were going to eat it. I don't know how to explain it. But, yeah, they were teaching them about, like, different ways you can utilize the snow during the winter but like basically everything was gonna die around them so it was no point in trying to bring new life quite yet yeah they also was teaching them that like it's gonna take time like this was gonna be happening for at least a couple months so this was something that they're like experiencing for the first time so I feel like before the snow came they was kind of getting little hints and stuff about it and then now it's like it's here so they are learning how to adapt with this first winter that they ever had yeah okay so along with Azrael there's another archangel that has very high ranking in purgatory named Gavura Gavura yeah and this angel has to do with um judgment so on top of Ezreal um conducting things and reading off these um these karmics like judgment their lives and stuff like what happens there's a judgment that they face or like a review that they faced in um purgatory as well so you know how like People hear about, like, the review that you have in Christianity. It's like after you pass away, they're like, um, you know, you go in front of gods and you talk about everything you've been through in this life and whoop, 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 whoop. And if you can make it to heaven or not, it's like the Christian thing. Um, When it comes to ancient comedic teachings, it's like it has to do with Thoth in my eye, Anubis, and, you know, taking out your heart and weighing it on the scale if it's too heavy. You get devoured by a moot and you can't make it to the afterlife. If it is as light as a feather, then best comes and blesses you. So when you reincarnate, you'll be blessed or, you know, however that happens. So there's a judgment that they go through as well. And the judges or like the main two that they're showing me so far is Gavura and Azrael. Ezreal has the book, and he's reading them their rights and everything they did. And then the one also um, directing the punishment and telling them, okay, you wanna, um, you're going to experience vengeance from um, Simichiel, or you're going to experience punishment from Cushiel or Annihilation through Hamsmed. It's like it's them two together, yeah. Now, there was an angel that was helping um, in the kingdom. There was an angel that was helping Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine with dreams. This is the angel Duma. 
So everybody was receiving dreams at this point in time because it's snowing. So they're not going to the villages anymore. Everybody's kind of stocked up on everything they need to stock up on. Everybody's kind of just with their own family. They're trying to figure out how to keep, um, you know, these animals warm. I feel like some of these animals, though, they're kind of used to the snow because this kingdom that they're in was already there before. But they're kind of seeing, okay, like, we got to stock up on certain things. If um, if we want to take care of these animals or this dog or this pet or whatever, like, they have all this type of information coming through in their dreams at night. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, Ramiel, Liliel, and Duma. They are the ones giving them visions and dreams. Duma gives them dreams. Ramiel gives them visions. And Liliel helps with doing this at nighttime when they're sleeping. So there's a lot of angels down here getting busy and just kind of like, you know, doing what the gods want them to do. Now, a lot of them also are becoming like prophets or they're oracles or seers, and they have a different type of dream. Um, where, where Reziel is working with these, um, are like certain angels are working with each other. So, if they were needing to figure out mysteries or occult knowledge, or you know, you know how I said they were like channeling through. The angels were channeling through some of them to write these books and stuff to figure out what these archangels' names are because it's like when you notice the archangels and stuff, their names are in these books, how would they get this information back then? So a lot of them were getting visitation from them in dreams and visions. Um, a lot of the oracles are the ones that were destined to write these books. The reason that we even know these angels' names and stuff is because in dream time, they were presenting themselves to these um, divine masculine, divine feminine. In particular, the ones that were either supposed to write the books or have this knowledge or were trusted with this knowledge. So, like, example, when it came to night visions and dreams, Liliel, Duma, Ramiel, and Raziel, um... They would help them see dreams and visions of mysteries, occult knowledge, what their what the angels look like, what their names was. That's why in certain books, like in a book in Enoch, it could describe what angels look like. And they don't look like how people think they look. They look very different from that. So at nighttime, they were getting dreams and stuff about things that um, a lot of us were wondering about. So if you're wondering how the ancient books have these things this is why yeah they're feeling now in purgatory there's another angel that um is kind of a fallen angel that's kind of making these karmics feel empty and null and numb this is dot so there's a fallen angel that makes them feel like they're empty like they're soulless or because they are, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's another punishment they're going through. Yeah. Archangel Uriel is the angel of flame. So, I see during this time, it's something about, like, he was visiting, he could visit purgatory, 
but he doesn't have to stay down there. He's not a fallen angel. He's an archangel. So I see he was able to go to purgatory and he was able to also be in the kingdom. When in the kingdom, he would show them the different uses of fire, what you can do with it, how to keep it afloat during these cold winter times. Maybe also um, ideas on how to bring the fire into the home. You know what I'm saying? Because where they were before, it was warm. They didn't need to bring in a fireplace into the home. So he was showing them how to create like a fireplace or something and bring it into the home so that they would, um, and without burning down their house. So they were getting dreams about that. And then I see he was also visiting purgatory and like the idea of like burning in hell. This is like the flame from Archangel Uriel. So he could have created like this. Mm, this eternal flame in purgatory that's crazy that is very crazy i um i want to say like a year or two ago i was really into like writing this book but i kind of want to wait until like i move forward i want to take a vacation first but i want to get back into writing the book because it has something to do with this eternal flame now that i'm saying this um so that's interesting but yeah he created this internal flame in hell. So you know how, like, people say, like, um, the day that hell freezes over or something like that, like, a cold day in hell is, like, basically, like, oh, you will have to wait for a long time for that to happen. The reason that is a saying in the first place is because Uriel created this, like, eternal flame down there so they would forever, like, burn. Yeah. And then also... Um, I see, like, they were forced to submission because they felt like they were, like, the gods, right? The karmics felt like they were the gods and that the gods didn't exist. So they were being um, forced into submission by these fallen angels in hell. So there's a lot of pressure on them. So they're like seeing, oh, okay, you don't believe in the gods? Well, the fallen angels are going to make you believe in the gods because this is what they're directed to do by the gods, you know? So they're just like torturing them down there. So it's like, do you believe in God now? You know what I'm saying? Type of energy. Yeah. That's interesting. It's kind of like giving us a sneak peek into purgatory. And like I said, if you want more information on purgatory, um, listen to that other episode. So down there, they were having nightmares, constant nightmares. They were um, not in their bodies that they felt like was, even if they felt like they were decent before and not as pretty as, you know, the Divine Feminine, they were even uglier. They looked like demons themselves down there. They had like talons and claws and just really creepy looking. They didn't have an actual heart since they slept with the fallen angels before so that's what was going on down there as well um nobody felt bad for their sorrows or their woes or their cries or their pity um yeah a lot of them if they had addictions and stuff like that when they're in their waking life it was like 10 times as worse in hell they weren't able to get over it they were constantly meant to feel like regrets regretful 
they were down there with a bunch of liars. They're all considered fallen angels themselves now. They had this smell of death in every area of purgatory. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, since they wanted to be naked and they wanted to flaunt their bodies and stuff, it looked horrible. Like, they looked like a creature. Since a lot of them were um, obsessed with, like, ruining divine marriages and stuff, they were kind of kept in this cage down there and, like, tortured. Yeah. Um, because they never wanted to grow and be anything better, they were tortured as well. That pride and, that, and all that, like, ego and stuff they had that was ruined. They were going through, like, envy, gluttony, and things like that. I remember I told you guys those are demons. They had parasites and, like, things that they couldn't get rid of. They were, like, um, having to re... Like, like I said, they're having nightmares. So there's certain... Um, Arc, I'm not archangels. There's certain fallen angels that's making them constantly see nightmares, and they're able to see how fragmented and broken up their souls is. They forgot who they really were. So if their name was like Rachel or something when they were alive, they forgot who they were. They were just constantly being tormented. They were forever fated to suffer. Damn, they're going through some shit. Yeah, they were going through so much pain. It became like used to the pain like they're fated to suffer they're blinded to their pain so it's like they're just going through so much pain it's just like after a while it's like <clears throat> i don't know it's like they're numb to it i guess yeah damn they was going through some shit i don't feel bad for them though yeah yeah i'm not gonna lie like they were blinded um they didn't know what was going on next they didn't know what would happen the next day it's just like forever they, there was no night and days there was no sun it's just constant like darkness yeah whoever they truly were it was like whoever their true selves was they were forcefully having to see this on repeat every day if they ever sacrificed or killed anybody or you know did anything like that they were forced to see that as well oh wow interesting there's a um revenge angel i have to figure out what that name is um let me pause it here So there's a certain um, angel. It's an archangel, but it's like this is confusing to me because um, I know this card represents my energy. It's a revenge angel, but it's a revenge for like divine feminine energy. So I feel like this is Jofio. She has two energies about her. I don't think they talk about this. Um, Archangel Jovio in the heavens is like representing the women, the divine feminine and things like that. She has two swords though. She's allowed to go down to purgatory to get revenge for what was done to the divine feminine. That makes a lot of sense. 
I have an old episode. I don't remember what episode, but I talked about me in Dreamtime able to go to Purgatory. That's why I'm able to kind of, um, I did an episode on it and I talked about it because I've actually seen it. So it makes sense on how I was able to see that. But I think I just found out what fucking um, angel I was before or something like that. That's cool. Jophiel. But in the heavens, she's known for like beauty and you know, divine feminine and wisdom and, you know, things like that. But she has two, it's like Samuel. Samuel is like both an angel and a demon. She has that gift too. I don't think if you look that up, you'll see it. But they're telling me she has the power or she could be commanded by the gods to also go to purgatory and get revenge for the divine feminine collective in particular for them going against them. So it's like, she gonna go get the lick back for the Divine Feminine, basically? Yeah. Also, during Purgatory, they're not allowed to be with anyone else. They're in chains, or they're angered, they're pissed off. There's no peace. Um, If they do come amongst, um, like, other karmics that they used to know at one point in time, they're not gonna look the same. They're gonna be, like, cloaked. They don't, they're not going to know that that's their friend or anything like that. They don't rule anything. They're very confused. Yeah. This is interesting. Um, that obsession energy was like they had to fall to submission and they had to get out of that energy. They don't know how many days or months or years or however they used to calculate time back then. They don't know how long they've been there. And this all was happening after the storm, after they all passed on. But I'm seeing again, they're showing me Archangel Jophiel. That's interesting. I might just do a separate reading one day on how that works between like angels that are both light and dark. Because I'm seeing she looks different when she goes to purgatory to rain upon these um karmic feminine energies in particular because they're the reason like i said that the men and women are down there that are karmic men and women yeah i'm gonna find out another time but i'm gonna go ahead and put those cards to the side because i want to do a reading on that because it's not just her that has that gift it's samuel too he's like both an angel and a demon he could sit alongside the gods but he can also go to like the lower realms so that's interesting. Let's see. Yeah, there's no romance down there. And there's no sex. There's no love. They cannot think outside the box. They don't see when this is going to resolve itself. Yeah. Um, now in the kingdom, everybody's and their loved ones are feeling safe. They're reaching new goals. Um, they're understanding different moon cycles. They're keeping track of time. With moon cycles as well, new moon, full moon, you know, all those different things. Down in Purgatory, they're they're destined to surrender to the divine. There's nothing else that they can do. In the kingdom, they're actually balancing um, spirituality and practicality. They're experiencing um, powerful changes. They're experiencing eclipses for the first time. Um, Different moon phases, they're tracking that as well. Yeah. In purgatory, those that are suffering, they don't have any answers about what is going on. 
they can't release this energy they can't get out of it it's just a continued cycle they're constantly going through tough things every single day day and night in and out like i said they're still having nightmares and stuff about what they should have done since they were um doing all this chaos in the world this is what they're meant to see yeah they let pride get in their way so they're forced to see that as well yeah um during these winter months that you know the divine feminine masculine the families are kind of experiencing winter for the first time they're understanding like patience um death and rebirth meaning like the end of one season and then spring will be like the beginning of a new season right they're learning about meditation they're getting more into their dreams they're stepping outside their comfort zone because like i said they've never experienced this weather before they're just balancing things out a lot um they're getting to know their partner on a deeper level they're um, sharing dreams with each other creating plans like you know, I seen this in my dream. I seen this in my dream. And then they're creating like a plan. How do we create this from what we've seen in our dream? The angels showed me this or that, or, you know, just kind of like learning new skills and hobbies and how to maneuver throughout the winter and throughout life. They're very confident in these things. Um, they're very balanced with their emotions. So it's like the winter months they were noticing that it's like, okay, this is kind of like downtime where we get to spend time with our families, create things, invent things to make things easier for us. Yeah. Um, They're also writing down as much as they can remember between the flood, they're sharing ideas and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're paying attention to the different moon cycles um, the different energies. I see that by the time spring came around, it's like they're noticing that, okay, you know, the sun's, I mean, the sun, yeah, the sun's coming out again. It's a new start, a new beginning. They're also noticing that, like, you know, they're hearing birds again, so they're paying attention to, like, nature, jotting that type of stuff down. Yeah. They're noticing that, okay, all the trees were dead before all the leaves have fallen now um it's like even though that was kind of a scary time because they didn't understand what was going on they noticed that okay this is like this is this is a purpose this is a reason for it so the first time that seasons was starting to be recorded was during this time because this is the first time they're experiencing different seasons and what to do um how to pour love into the energy and things like that. Um, yeah, I see that they started to get signs that, you know, soon the sun will come back, the, the snow will melt away, and what to do. So, you know, how we have today gardening, people that garden and stuff, you know, how we have those, um, that knowledge of, oh, don't plant this during that time and that during this time and, like, you know, when spring starts to come around, put your seeds in the ground so you can harvest and blah, 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 blah. Like, this all was recorded back then, so this is where this knowledge came from. Yeah, a lot of them were heavy on meditating, contemplating, healing from that trauma of losing everyone they ever knew, whether they were good or bad or not. Yeah. They started to see the fruits of their labors coming, you know, coming 
to fruition once like this snow melted away and they were able to plant the food and stuff was starting to sprout really fast they learned about manifesting and they also learned that during the winter months it was like um their preparedness to like their preparedness going leading on up until the winter months was very crucial you know what i'm saying so it's like now that the sun's back and they're planting and stuff, their whole goal was like, okay, we learned this and that in the winter time. So now moving forward, we need to plant twice as much or we need to do this or we need twice as many blankets, twice as much firewood so that, you know, we're fully prepared. So that's kind of where that whole knowledge came from is back in these days. They also learned that communication between Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine is, like, the most important thing. If they needed to make any adjustments in their relationship, because not just because they're Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine don't mean their relationships was perfect. So if they needed to talk more, understand each other more, anything like that, that was getting handled in the winter months, you know. They are able to just be with each other, not go into town, not be around others, and just kind of, like, actually... um. You know, take that time to be around each other, understand each other, um, talk, share each other's dreams, you know, create babies, all types of stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's cool. That's actually really cool that a lot of the stuff that we learned back in these days is still being, you know, done to this day. Okay. Hmm. Let's see what else we have. I'm going to try to get everything on this episode so we don't have to do no part three. Because it still sounds like my son's sleeping. But I hope you guys are learning a lot. Because I know I am. Um, Yeah. So at this point in time now that the spring is coming about... Um, they're learning about, I guess some of them, like everybody's getting different dreams, right? Um, some of them are supposed to be serious oracles, you know, things like that. They're getting dreams and visions about continuing on the book, writing down these angel names that were presented to them in dream time during the winter. They're getting all that kind of stuff done, right? So that the teachings can get passed on because if they didn't get this information, how the hell would we know angel names to this day? You know what I'm saying? Um, um, they're also, like, learning how to herd goats, how to herd sheep, like, what you can use the sheep for. So they're learning that if you cut the wool off the sheep, you can make blankets, like wool blankets. They're learning things like that, how to stay warm. They're also passing this information on to their neighbors. So they're sharing this information and they're being like, okay, you know, I, some of them got dreams that's like, um, they learned how to, um, you know, get the fur off the sheep and make the wool blanket, right? So now in the markets, they have a new item for sale. Oh, we have wool blankets for sale. So then now when the winter months come up, they know, okay, we got four in our family now. If we get pregnant, we're going to have five. So we need twice as many blankets from this market so we can afford this and stock up for the winter. So they were like really um taking advantage with this. 
Yeah. The guys were just kind of looking down at them like they were very proud of them, very happy. Some of them are planting different trees and stuff. They learned how to, like, plant banana trees and just have all these different things. Um, If they did have weapons and stuff from, you know, the karmics that were used, they used it to cut up fruits and vegetables, to, um, you know, cut the fur off of the animals and stuff. Yeah. They were learning about more music. It's like they also came together and was having like ceremonies or talks and talking about their winter moments and how everybody had a vision from the gods. And what that vision looked like. Some some of their visions were business ideas, market, you know, stuff to sell at the market, how to create new things. Some of theirs was music, how to make musical instruments. Um, some of theirs was learning about how to you know, make wine or make a new flavor wine or something like that. Um, Garments, clothing, different things like that. Um, How to take certain metals that was around and not just make weapons from it or nothing, but, like, make chalices, make cups. They were using, like, copper, different minerals and things like that, how to use it, how to make things from it. Um, So they were just kind of, like, really vibing. The whole time, there were also some of them that were like seers. They were seeing what was happening to the karmics in purgatory. So they were able to write about these things. You know, like the afterlife, the darker aspect of it. Yeah, some certain um, angels were showing certain like seers or oracles or prophets um, what's happening to the karmics. In another life. So this is why we have information like this written down. Mm-hmm. They showed them about, you know, um, how many children they were going to have in dream time. A lot of them seen a lot of children they were going to have in dream time. A lot of them were visited by a lot of the gods to get information on, um, I don't know, like, how to heal each other's hearts, divine masculine, divine feminine. Yeah. Also, how to appoint certain people. Certain people were appointed as seers and oracles. So I think they said that they already had that type of position before. But now it was like the village had a seer. So this was a like a position. Like it was like a role, a job. They had that before, but... Um, now since they're in a new kingdom and stuff, now it's like, okay, no, you can get paid for this. You can get like, um, money from this. You can keep us safe from this. If we know and you see something is going on, we can handle it, you know? Yeah, they were able to get messages straight from the guys. Now, these series and oracles were also getting paid to tell the stories and um, possibly those stories were written down, like they would share them, and then somebody else would write them down on what's going on to the ones in purgatory. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but they would learn how to, like, mix metals together, create things, not just weapons, but, like, like I said, cups, bowls, um, bracelets, chest pieces, masks. Like, they were creating a culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, certain cultures have certain things that they're known for. 
bangles and things like they were creating all types of things like that and this is stuff that they had in their dreams and the gods were showing them how to do this there were certain wise men that were appointed as like um teachers spiritual teachers or just teachers in general where the kids were able to go to them and learn and hear lectures and stuff yeah they will talk about the stories of um of all the way back to Enoch, spread the, those teachings and things. They would teach them about how they don't want to be like the um, women that slept with the fallen angels or the men either. How weapons and used to harm each other, how you can end up in purgatory. And then since they have the information from the oracles about what purgatory looks like, and also the book of Enoch, Moses and Noah, they're able to tell them, what it looks like when the gods are pissed off at people. They were also able to share information with, like, you know, the younger generation on um, how they are supposed to plant trees, how there's supposed to be plenty, there's supposed to be forests, what happens, how there's, like, a rejuvenation of life in the seasons with, you know, the winter, the fall, all the leaves falling off of the trees and the snow coming and then all that kind of stuff they just learned they're now teaching kids this it's like a school they're not quite teaching them magic but they're teaching them about the elements you know how you can take a certain mineral set it on fire mold it and then like create a cup or sculpting different things stuff like that they taught them how the gods don't like them to be used as weapons yeah, they talked about how, you know, Jezebel spirits, lust, you know, um, how even the children were, of these people were also killed. The Nephilim, the people's families that were karmics, that had children, that they were wiped out as well. That, so that means they taught them about um, Sariel and Azrael, the two archangels, of, I mean, the two fallen angels of death. And how they also took kids. It wasn't just like men and women. They took them because they were obsessed with ego, beauty. They were targeting the divine masculine and divine feminine. So they're teaching the younger generations what that looks like. What judgment looks like. That nine times out of ten is going to result in death and violence. It's toxic energy. Things like that. Yeah. Um, they're talking about in the books when they... Um, when the lions and stuff like like I said a lot of them walk alongside of big cats and stuff so they're teaching them that like if the gods mm, were punishing them they would be eating them you know like the cats would attack them the big cats and stuff that whole soldier and warfare thing was not needed during this time so they taught them about that too um, that whole poverty, um, better than you, you're my slave type of thing that was going on during Moses' time. They were talking about that as well. They talked about the Great Flood, the giants, um, the death angels, the visions, all that kind of stuff. They were teaching them about all the different books. And this was like something that um, the kids would go and learn and then they'll go back to their families and teach them what they're learning. And of course, the generation before them know this already. But it was like the school system was set up. I don't think before and before Noah's time, 
there was really a school system. It was just like each individual family would just have like lectures and stuff. But now it's like the God showed them they wanted like a school based system, but not like mathematics and that shit we got nowadays. It was like based off these lessons. Um, it was a part of science too, because it was like mixing minerals and things like that, putting heat to it, sculpting this, creating like a cup or creating this or that, um, gardening, um, you know, medicine, herbal medicine. If you're sick, how to put these things together and get rid of this or that, that kind of stuff was going around the importance of, um, spreading seeds. Like I said, like, that's how we got so many fucking trees in today's time. They were teaching the importance of this because they didn't have these trees like that back then. Um, The importance of music and how it can heal. Yeah, they had a lot of different new beauty ideas and things like bangles, bracelets, anklets, chains, crowns. Like, they were um, teaching them how to make copper and gold and things like that. But just because you had a bunch of gold bracelets and stuff doesn't mean you're better than the next person yeah there's a lot of lectures and there was also like a school for adults too it wasn't just like the youth they were also learning as well they can go as well they learned about like what would happen if they went against their adam or their eve basically their divine masculine divine feminine they learned about how important like um marriage contracts are or like your your soulmate contract, how you were destined to be with a certain person, you know. And that it's like that person that God sent you was like everything that you would ever want and hope for. What would happen if you went against that, try to harm that person or anything like that? About how the gods keep getting like this snake energy out the world, the great storm, the great flood, the great war these hybrid children they were just telling about everything how some of them oh they're talking about um enoch's dream how he actually got to visit the heavens yeah so all of these stories are like really respected and celebrated during this time they knew about the karmic feminines and the karmic masculines they knew about um a lot yeah oh they also knew about and was taught about not harming animals, not hunting them, not hunting them for sport. See, some shit that we be doing, not us in particular, but people be doing in today's time, fishing, overfishing, catching them just to catch them to say you caught it and not actually eating or anything, like making certain animals go extinct and shit like that. Like they were taught that that's a no-no. Yeah. Um... Yeah, a lot of them were talking about the Mount Sinai, the burning bush with um, Moses, you know, different symbols and clues that the gods are directly speaking to you. Um, The importance of sisterhood, brotherhood, music, like community. Yeah. That's cool. How to know you're getting messages from the gods. Um, how to respect nature and life, things like that. Also, like, mm, carrying on legacies of, like, passed on loved ones. Like, you know, 
by sharing their stories, talking about them, like Enoch, Moses, Noah. The fact that they're mentioning their stories and what happened and stuff is kind of like ancestor veneration in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just kind of like ideas. And at this time, it's like, you know, there's more jobs, there's more creativity flowing. So they're able to like, as a kid now, they're like, oh, I want to be a farmer like my dad, or I want to be a seamstress, or I want to make garments, or I want to make bangles. Like they have more ideas that came from the winter of what to do. So now it's like uh, a trade in a way. It's like trade school. Yeah. Like um, if a little girl's like, I want to learn how to make garments and dresses and bangles. And that's what her grandparents made or her grandmother made or something. Now she can look at the seamstresses and, you know, all that kind of stuff, the dressmakers and stuff, um, the clothing makers and stuff in their community. And after they learn metals, sciences, gardening, and the stories and teachings of those that came before them, and they want to learn a specific craft, then they can go and learn from the seamstress, the garment makers. If they want to learn about farming, they can go and shadow the farmer and learn about gardening and weeds and all that kind of stuff, how to pull up certain things. They want to um, make wool blankets. They can go to that person and learn. You see what I'm saying? Stuff like that. That's cool. I'm going to pause it here. Okay. So, it seems like now we're talking about kind of we're talking about all that good stuff that was going on in the kingdoms so now it looks like um we're gonna be able to see what the oracles and the seers were seeing and telling them about what was happening to the people in purgatory so i feel like there was certain um angels that were showing them this like i said archangel jovial um, and the other dream angels that I was mentioning, they're showing the art, um, the oracles and the seers stuff that's going on in purgatory so they can share this and kind of put like the fear of God into, um, these people about what the afterlife is. So a lot of that sayings like you're going to burn in hell or, um, all these ideas that we have about hell in today's time. This came from around this time as well, because certain oracles and seers were able to see into this because of um, these angels showing them to bring back this information so that they'll know this is what judgment looks like. So they were showing them that there's like this realm. It's it's like on Earth, but it's not on Earth. It's like I don't know how to explain it. How they seen it is like the underworld. So that's how they explain the underworld. That's probably why we have a lot of texts and biblical texts and stuff that speaks about the underworld and things. So this is what they were showing. Um, I mean, telling everybody and teaching them. And then they were taking this information, writing it down, and then passing it along to um, 
everybody. Now, the crazy thing is, I feel like, I don't know, I would have to go and read around this time, because we're speaking about Noah in the book of Enoch, because like I said, I haven't read it in a while. And even right now, it's in English, right? This was translated from Hebrew. So I'm pretty sure what I'm speaking about was all written in the original version of Hebrew. Now, what was translated over into the book of Enoch that you can read in English is not going to say all this nine times out of ten. But it was said in Hebrew, if you you, you catch my drift. Because I'm like, mm, I read it and I know most of it. But I'm like, for some reason, I feel like some of this shit was left out. And why is still because it was translated in English and people just wanted to control certain things. But they did paraphrase some things. They did talk about hell, burning in hell, the eternal flame, things like that. But a lot of this stuff was lost in translation. It could have been on purpose, maybe. I don't know. So, anyways, they're talking about what the oracles and the um, seers will see. And then they will pass along this information that they will see dreams and visions of them um, going to the underworld, seeing that there's battles down there, it's constant warfare, um, that it's almost like they would describe the karmics as like looking zombie-like, soulless, um, lots of mental illnesses. Um, yeah. They're either, like, looking half-dead or, like, skeletons are very scary. They didn't look like how humans look on Earth, you know? Like, you ever seen zombie shows and movies like The Walking Dead? It's kind of, like, giving me that energy. Yeah, a lot of them had, like, disease, um, bumps, warts, rashes, skin problems, stuff like that. They weren't beautiful anymore. A lot of them were blind or they didn't have any eyes. Um, you can tell that they're constantly going through nightmares. Their children were the same, like they were going through the same thing. Or, yeah, their children was going through the same thing. Um, there was weapons down there, too. So it's like, I don't know, it's constantly warfare. So they're probably shooting and killing each other and down there every day but it's like it's you can't die so it's just constantly feeling pain hurt stabbing each other i don't know if there was guns down there but it's like back in these days it was swords knives axes right bow and arrows so it's constant war down there and fighting for your lives but then only to wake up and do it all over again uh the only way i can explain it is i think there's this movie called happy death day and it's like the girl was dying and it like the the day was on repeat, you know? And she was trying to figure out like even if she knew that she was gonna hit be hit by a car and die that day and she woke up the next day and she was seeing that same car, she would avoid the car but then she'll die in another way. It's like constantly like that. So it's like a living nightmare. Yeah. So this is what they were seeing, that there was no food. They couldn't eat. It was, like, different. Um, they couldn't hide from this. They didn't have a partner to go through this with. Everybody was, like, every man for himself, every woman for themselves down there. Yeah. 
a lot of the women um, were walking around looking crazy. Um, they had like colorless skin, like not even just saying like white or black or anything, but literally like this gray, deadish undertone, like, you know, like zombie movies where they look like the life is gone from them. A lot of them were like feeding off of each other or like cannibalistic vibes, chasing each other down, ripping each other's hearts out. It was like some crazy shit that they were seeing. I'm not going to lie, I be having dreams like this too, and I be like, what the fuck? Yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. Um, A lot of them had, like, open wounds and gashing, um, diseases, rashes, you know, boils, skin tags, whatever. It's just like they looked very sickly. This was because they were demons. There was no healing. Their skin didn't heal. You know how if you cut your skin today or tomorrow, you fell and scraped your knee, and a couple days it'll be healed? There's none of that. So just imagine if all the wounds and cuts and bruises and stuff you had throughout your whole life never healed and it was just open gash. That's what it was like. If somebody fought them the day before and took a sword and split open their stomach and their organs are hanging out, now your organs are just hanging out for all eternity. You know what I'm saying? It's just like there's no healing anything down there. So it was a lot of scary looking shit. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. A lot of this could have been kept out of the current version of the Book of Enoch because whoever rewrote it out of Hebrew and translated it into English to what we're reading now, they felt like it was too scary and they didn't want to scare the children. I mean, like... I don't know. Our ancestors were a little bit more cutthroat. Like, they're like, this is what will prevent the children from being bad or quote-unquote sinning. So our ancestors didn't sugarcoat shit. Even in fairy tales and folklore, um, a lot of stories were violent or scary because it had lessons behind it, and you would see what would happen if you didn't listen to the lesson. You see what I'm saying? But they sugarcoated some of the stuff in the book of Enoch that we're reading today. So a lot of this was taken out because they were trying to make it less scary for kids. But I just feel like they should have left that in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, There was never any peace. There was like rape and stuff like that going on down there. Um, Where a bunch of men, since they had this lustful energy... They were hunting the women down, you know. There was nothing or no one that could save them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If there was, like, little, I don't know, it's like a, it's still, like, the world, but it's, like, underworld. So if you ever watch, like, Stranger Things, like, you know how, what's it called? The, fuck, I haven't watched Stranger Things in a long time. The Upside Down. Like, the Upside Down was basically, like, it looked like the city that they were in, but it was just darker. So the mall and the houses and stuff were still in the same places that they would be above the earth. It was just, like, the Upside Down. So it's kind of like that. So even if, like, the karmic feminines were, like, trying to escape and run away and stuff and go hide in a certain place, the karmic masculines would then bust down the door and, like, you know, sexually assault them because they're in hell. 
So it's like there was no hiding, no running from anything. But this is the energies that they were doing above the earth. Remember I told you before in the Nephilim story, the karma feminines were um, making these men rape Eve, the Eves, because they were jealous. So this was happening to them in hell, as above, so below, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a walk in the park. It's not a picnic. Like, it's, like, enough to make you mentally go insane. They were. All that magic shit that they were doing, it was happening to them. They were confused, in chaos constantly, afraid to sleep because they would sleep. And it would be even worse. And then they'll wake up and it's like a living nightmare. Yeah. Like I said, there was no sun. There was no light. It was just constant, like, struggle. Constant fights. It's, like, worse than The Purge. It's a lot. It's, like, this is, like, a couple different shows and movies put together. This is, like, The Walking Dead times The Purge times, like, mm. What's that movie called? I think the movie's called The Underworld or something like that, too, with the vampires and shit. It's like all that kind of shit mixed together, all in one. The Living Dead, the Night of the Living Dead movies, like, you know, I like horror, so like the old school ones, the classics. Yeah, it's like constant. If the karmic feminine, somebody hacked her arms off, she couldn't grow them back, so then she can't defend herself. You know, if they chained her to something, she's done. That's just it. So it's just like there's no healing. There's no getting out of this. Yeah. They didn't have their masculines to save them, nothing like that. And the whole time, um, Azrael and who was the other one I said? The other one, he was like for judgment. Israel and Guvra were the two that was commanding this to happen. So they were just just commanding shit like, oh, nope, that's not enough. They're not surrendering. They're still just handling them shit. They'll get lied to and tricked. There's lots of deceit and stuff. Yeah. It's like you're, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the movie, like I said, it's, it's a couple movies mixed together. It's like Happy Death Day, um... Shit, this almost sounds like the movie Saw with that, like, sadistic game shit. It's almost like that, too. Um, The Night of the Living Dead. It's like a The Purge, like, but worse. It's almost like that every single day. And Ezreal and Guvra is just calling judgment. Like, oh, do it again. All over again. Start over. Do this again. Like, yeah, it's just bad. Some of them are getting buried alive, but they can't die. You know what I'm saying? Because they're already dead, but it's like they'll get buried. And it's like, I don't know how to explain it, bro. Yeah, there's nothing protecting nobody. Even the children that are down there, it's like the thing that haunts them is the thing that haunts the parents is that you cannot, you can't protect your kid. Yeah, you can't protect your son or daughter. So it is even more traumatizing because I know me as a parent myself, even when I be having dreams and visions and seeing what people have planned for me, plots and stuff, it will fuck me up because it's like, damn, like, you really planned for that to happen to my kid, you know? 
And it would just make me feel like shit because in the dream I couldn't protect him. That's why I'm so protective of him in real life because I, I know these are plots. It's like, imagine being in hell and you, like, even though you're not with your masculine or feminine, these karmics, your kid, if you had a kid or two or three or whatever, your sons, your daughters, both, whatever, they're with you, but you can't do nothing to prevent them from being tortured too because you dragged your kids into this most of these kids were just nephilims anyways just reincarnated they just weren't giants so they're all getting judgment your kids too these kids too i mean yeah there's no food down there there's no actual food they were eating like brains and body parts like cannibalism yeah it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot yeah i'm like damn they were constantly on edge, being tortured, shit like that. Yeah. Um, if they harmed animals, it was like now there's a version of this animal down there haunting them. You know, there might be lions chasing them around or horses if they hurt a horse or, you know, I think they said before there was alligators down there. So there's animals too, but it's like they're attacking them. Yeah. Ooh, that shit sounds scary. That sounds like a good scary movie, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love me some horror, but this is real, real deal. So, the oracles are seeing this in their dreams. Like I said, I've seen some shit like this in my dreams before. Um, that's why I, that type of shit don't scare me no more. But I know not everybody can um, handle that. Some people can't even handle horror movies. But the oracles are telling these people in the town this and the writers the scribers they're writing down these accounts so in the hebrew version of this or if this was like coming from jewish days it could be in yiddish you know i did say the other day i had a dream and i was speaking to some of these angels i couldn't remember the dream but they're telling me that i was going to end up finding out what they were talking to me about in the dream in these cards that i'm talking about right now so I'm not going to lie, it might be in Hebrew and it might just be in Yiddish. But I felt like, wasn't the Hebrew the old Jews? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that should be confusing the hell out of me because, you know, people try to interchange it. But the original Jews were uh, melanated people. So I don't know what's going on with the Jews in this day and age, but originally they were um, melanated. So I don't know. I don't know if Yiddish is a variation of Hebrew or what the hell, but the language that's originally translated from is either Yiddish or Hebrew, and this is in their original text, so if people can read that ancient readings, this will say that in here, right? But in the book of Enoch, it might sugarcoat it or it might leave certain things out. It just might say that the they shared visions of hell. See what I'm saying? But it ain't gonna say all this shit. But it's supposed to say all this shit because this is scary enough that even my adult ass, when I would teach my kids, if you know, if I'm teaching my kids this, this would scare them to be like, oh, hell yeah, no, I'm not going against the God. You feel what I'm saying? Versus shit being sugarcoated and it make it seem like, oh, he'll just forgive us for all our sins and stuff. 
I mean, yeah, you're forgiven for the most part, but if you do some foul ass shit, no, you probably gonna end up in purgatory. So I feel like, you know, I just feel a way about them sugarcoating certain things. So I just feel like these type of lessons and shit and to know about what it's really like in purgatory, especially because some oracles and shit seen it, it's more beneficial to, you know, the community, the generations and stuff. That's just me though. But yeah, so boom, we're almost done. Thank the gods. <laughs> so boom, um, yeah. A lot of these seers and stuff, they were able to like, okay, boom. Some of them weren't even having to dream. They can sit around and kind of do what I have. I haven't done it in a while, but there's some episodes where I do scrying with candles and water. And it's like, um, they're sitting there staring at the water and they can see these visions. Like they're oracles like that. They'll collect some water from the sea or the river or whatever was over there. They'll put it in one of those cups that they made or a bowl that they made. And everybody's sitting around them. The scribers got their pen and paper ready. And they're writing down these accounts in Yiddish or Hebrew or whatever. And they're writing down what they see. And everybody's just learning from it and shit like that, you know. And then now these teachings can get passed along to um, to the future generation so that they don't you know, go through this. So some of them didn't even have to be asleep. They can just be scrying and reading and peering into what's going on in the underworld through looking into water. I'm not going to hold you. Yeah, they seen that they had a lot of burdens. They're very unbalanced ever since the um, Great Flood. Yeah, that's deep. So, okay, so boom, moving forward from purgatory. It seems like also, um, since, you know, they're starting to understand the different seasons. So now moving forward, it's seeming like, okay, we're experiencing different seasons and stuff, right? So I think we left off with they were like in spring and they were learning that, okay, in spring we plant, you know, in the summer we plant, we let this grow, we stock up, all that kind of stuff. And they were learning that, um, when it came time for like the fall to come, we take all our crop and our harvest and um, and get prepared for the winter. So they're starting to get used to it. So now by the time the next winter came around, they were actually well more prepared for it. They had one more, um, way more clothing and things like that, clothing, blankets, you know, pants, coats, whatever they needed, whatever the other people like seamstress and stuff. We're getting this information in dreams and visions on how to make these things. By the time the second winter came around, they were good. They were ready for it, you know? And I see some of them actually learned about, like, how to make sleds. So the first sleds and stuff were created so they can travel and get around because it's like, okay, the horse and buggy, those wheels ain't going to move through this snow. You know what I'm saying? So it seemed like they learned how to... um tie the cattle up to or horses or I don't know if they had like wolf dogs or like what they had but they were able to then create sleds so now they're traveling by sled so if they needed to get to each other and they wanted to have more company and not just the family during the winter but like being like oh let's go visit you know whatever their name is down the road they can go visit with them and you know link up with their friends and have fun 
go back home. You know, they didn't have to just be forced to stay in the, you know, inside during the snow times. So they created a sled so that they can kind of still travel to each other during these winter months. Yeah, that's cool. And then when the snow would melt again in the summer and stuff, they were, um, they were learning, like, you know, how to celebrate each other, the couples, um, romance, you know, staring at, um, what's it called? Moon gazing, sun gazing, linking up sisterhoods, brotherhoods, you know, having parties and celebrations, all that kind of stuff, yeah. So before they were just kind of in that chariot idea, because if you remember during Moses' time, that's what the chariots or the the buggies or the wheelbarrows, whatever the fuck that shit's called, the carriages, all that kind of shit. Like, they kind of had that kind of shit from, like, the Moses days, right? Putting it on a horse and stuff, but it's like, yeah, the horse can probably get you through the snow, but them wheels are not, you know? So that's how they learned about the sledding. Yeah, that's filthy. They was moving around. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the women also learned, um, a lot of the divine feminine, they learned different protective things too, spiritually protective things. They also maybe started to create like the first tattoos or something. Like, yeah, it's like their culture changed. Um, they were getting like tribal tribal tattoos or like piercings, like you know, um, you know how you see certain cultures with like that nose, that bone through their nose, or like you know, um, bone through their earlobes or their lip plates, like their lips will be stretched out, or it's like different beauty standards or things like that. This was back in these days too. They were learning that if you take this ink or I don't know if it's like ink or like well tar or I don't know you know what I'm saying it's something that they got from like the waters the oceans and if you take a needle you can make tattoos so they were getting like the first henna tattoos or something like that it's like um you know when you become a woman in certain cultures you get certain tattoos or a man shit like that like um Rites of Passage, there you go. I'm like, what is this shit called? Yeah, they were doing, like, Rites of Passage. Like, uh, if you go and do this or you can learn how to build this yourself or you do this, that means you're a man. So then now you get, like, a type of piercing or tattoo that shows that. If you get your first period or something, it shows you're a woman or, you know, when you're married for the first time or something. It's like they had different things like Rites of Passage now at this point. That's hella cool. I didn't know they had that back in the day. Yeah. Um, also, <sighs> some of these bodies were preserved in snow or something like that. Or if it wasn't bodies, they were learning how to preserve fish or food in the snow. Um, by way of using it to freeze it over, like, um, you know how, like, lakes and stuff freeze over? So they were learning that sometimes, because it's like, you know, the first winter, they did not leave the house. They was just in there cold and shit. They was trying to figure shit out, right? 
So they was having dreams and stuff so they could prepare them for the next winter. And they can go during the spring and the summer and the fall and, like, prepare the whole village with this information they got, right? They were just dropping gems. Oh, I seen this. I seen that. Woo, 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 right? So I see that um, they learned from the last winter that now moving forward, um, you can preserve fish or food, fruits, vegetables, you can preserve it in ice by way of having it in like some type of river or water or something because the water would freeze over. So I don't know how the fuck they did that. If they like had certain buckets of ice or buckets of water and they would put, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like an ice box, but I can't make it up. It's like they would build a, let's say they use like copper or something, right? And they built like a little bowl or like a big ass trunk type of thing full of that was copper and it was like a trunk right and they would fill it with water and then let's say they put fish in there then that would be like their freezer and they would leave it outside and they would have to go outside you know crack it with the fucking axe or something and then bring that fish inside. And while it's coming inside the house, now it's warm. So it's melting. So now they're able to thaw it and cook the fish. You see what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. So this like, bro, this is like the first icebox. That's filthy. That's hard. I ain't know they had this shit back then, bro. Yeah. Um, They also learn how to make mirrors. Like, I don't know what type of material or, you know, um, mineral I meant to say. I don't know what type of mineral that is. But they learn how to, like, make mirrors, like reflective surfaces, so that they can see themselves. It's like a vanity thing. So this is also Archangel Jophiel that I was saying that, like, she was about beauty and femininity and stuff. She gave one of these women the idea of mirrors and then the man knew what materials to use to make it so they built some of the first mirrors around this time yeah that's so cool yeah it's like they were both working their magic they were getting a lot of visions and stuff in dreams and things like that a lot of these minerals and stuff like crystals or certain minerals and rocks and stuff um, that they can make into brass or iron or copper or gold or whatever. They were getting a lot of stuff from the water. And it was, like, coming up, like, washing the shore, like, plentiful. Yeah. This is dope as hell. So this is where they were getting the ideas from. And they were also now, again, able to sell more stuff at the market because now it's like, oh, you know, you know, you got a family of four or something, you're going to need a bunch of big-ass brass or copper treasure chests to put your fish and stuff in there for the winter. So now you got somebody making them, and then you sell them, you put them on your little buggy, and you go out there to your home, and then now y'all got a bunch of them. So when y'all stocking up and stuff and fishing and stuff, by the time the snow hits, you got fish in there, you got water in there, and it freezes over. And then now you and your family stocked up on that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can keep your potatoes and all that kind of shit fresh because it's frozen. That's filthy. I'm not going to lie, that's hella filthy. I ain't know they was like that back in the day. Yeah, and then the women learned. That's why 
you know, a lot of older movies describing, like, the ancestors and stuff. You see them with, like, cauldrons. I think the cauldrons are made out of, like, iron, them big-ass cauldrons and shit. This was back in those days, and they seen, like, okay, boom, the men can make the cauldron, make that shit hella big. And then the women is, during the summer and spring and fall, they're outside with the cauldron, with the fire, and they're boiling and throwing potatoes and beets and carrots and shit in there and making a stew, right? Boom. And then now in the winter, they have a inside fireplace because remember they learned last winter how to make a fireplace, right? So they have now a fireplace where they can have a smaller cauldron just for the family in there and they can make these soups and broths and stuff and melt down the fish and boil the fish or whatever. They're able to do that now so that they can eat too. Yeah. So they're learning, I think, what was it, Archangel Uriel? Yeah, Uriel, because he's the archangel that dealt with flame and fire. He showed them how to take things and uh, warm them up so you can cook them. From it being, yeah, this Uriel with flames. So it can be from um, being frozen and shit, like, to being warmed up and cooked. There's another archangel, hold on, that had to do with snow. So this might have to do with the ice. I'm trying to find the name real quick. Because I just said it. Shaglio. Shaglio was the one dealing with snow and, like, frozen things. So they were learning about the different elements like that, like cold, warm, heat. Shit like that, fire. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, their children didn't, um, they didn't get hurt. They didn't play with weapons and stuff. That was, like, something they knew was, like, forbidden. It was a no-no. It wasn't something to go around and play swords and stuff like that with. It was, like, they knew it was for chopping down something or, you know, catching a fish or cutting up the fish or cutting up the vegetables or, you know, um, cutting the wool off the sheep and shit like that because they're getting getting taught about these kind of things. I do see there was um, certain masculine and feminines that will still go up to the mountain and get dreams as well. They were also going to explore more of this vast land that they were on, and the gods were showing them um, different visions, yeah, about what to do with some of these things. Like, yeah, they were eating fish. I don't think they were eating really, like, meat animals. They were eating fish around this time. Fruits and veggies, different things like that. They were feasting. Yeah, they were also teaching them how to, like, venerate their ancestors um, by leaving offerings to the gods, to the ancestors, and things like that. They were showing them how to make boats, not just a great ark, but, like, other little boats and stuff to go back and forth to discover new land, maybe across the water. Yeah, they were learning a lot of things. This is so cool. Everything was just a vibe. It was balanced. The women were the women were learning more about different things to do with their hair, like braiding it, plaiting it, um, putting like flowers in there, or um, like creating like little. Um, I don't know. You know, like taking flowers and interweaving them and making them like a little headband or something. There was like beautifying things like that. Really natural. Um, they're learning about their singing voices, how to sing, and that's an offering to the gods. Um, learning more about pregnancy, 
midwives. Like, there were some also that became more midwives and dealt with pregnancies and delivering babies. So that doula midwife energy that was around back then, obviously, because there was no doctors or anything. But um, this became a profession, and they showed them that you can actually get, like, money from this. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, this is, that's a lot, you know? So they were telling them, like, hey, this is something you can do. And we're like, okay, I am the midwife, I'm the doula, so um, you can take classes and stuff and learn about it in a way, get training about it if you wanted to do it. Or you can, or it's saying, like, they could pay them to help them deliver their baby. It's a job. Yeah, because nobody should be struggling. Nobody should be, like, without. There shouldn't be classism and stuff. Like, oh, you're a peasant. You're royalty. No, everybody was able to, like, spend bread with each other, you know? They were taught how to make more gold, silver, things like that. Yeah. Now, also, these people writing these books, you got to remember, this is not typewriter days or nothing. So everything was handwritten. So they were also getting paid for this too. Like, okay, if you want a, a, a book of Enoch, Moses, Noah, and the teachings about purgatory and shit like that, they can write this down for you. Y'all got paid for this book. You know what I'm saying? Because this is like somebody sitting there taking their time and doing this. Um, Everything's handwritten, but it's not just one person. It's a bunch of people. Any studies, teachings, whatever. If they're like, you know, hey, um, it'll be easier if I had a book of all my teachings. It's like getting paid commission. Like certain ones that they were specifically writing books of like the book of Enoch and those teachings, right? And there's some of them that's like, okay, we should have a book to make it easier for people to understand how to garden or how to stock up for the winter or how to do this or that or how to make a garment. So like a lot of that information we have now in books where you can look up sewing and crocheting and like creating a blanket, whatever, like these were the first books written about these type of things. And what happened is there would be a group of people that were scribers that wrote, right? And you would go to them and, like, some of them are just, they were, like, oracles and stuff, and they were only meant to do the biblical books. And Yiddish or Hebrew, right? And then there's other ones that's, like, you can pay them also. Because they were getting paid, too, but it's, like, you can pay them also for, like, commission. Like, you know, I'm a gardener, I'm a farmer, um, kind of like you shadow them and then you write down the steps and the process they go through so that now the younger generations, not only can they shadow them, but they can also have these teachings passed down through a book. So a lot of our current modern day gardening books and stuff, that shit was originally invented way back then. Um, beauty tips, like, you know, I have a book that I use when it comes to like me studying how to mix oils and um, stuff for skincare, hair care, I do all that shit naturally, right? Well, I have to study it, but it's like I make my own hair products. I make my own skin products I use, um, soaps, bath salts, all that. It's from me reading a book about how to dilute oils and carrier oils and essential oils and you know, different stuff that's good for your skin, herbs, all that kind of shit like that, like, um, herbology, things like that. These books was written back then. 
and somebody would go and be like, okay, this person is teaching about growing herbs and what herb they mix with this that help with that. And whoa, 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 whoa. So all that was written back then. That's filthy. And then now people can go home and study it in the winter times and practice it, you know, and it's like teachings like that. And they was making bank off this. Oh, that's so filthy. That's filthy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so they didn't have to talk all the time. It's like, you know, now you can come to when the winter shit go away and they're starting to garden and stuff again. You can take all that information when you was in the house and you was reading during the winter as like a kid, you know, and you can go to now the farmer and be like, oh, yeah, I know this is a pumpkin seed. This is what the pumpkin seed look like. And whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah, this is an avocado seed, and this is what that looks like. And boom, if you do this and you put this with the oil, it can make you do this. And it was like, yeah, cool. Like, you've been studying, you know what I'm saying? So it's like studies started to be created. So when they were um around this time, like, snowing and stuff, they were in their studies heavy, heavy, heavy. And then they would take what they practiced during the other um, seasons. And then during the winter, they would just really be in hermit mode studying. Yeah, um, this is filthy. I'm not gonna lie, this is like really filthy. A lot of these book writers and stuff, they were highly celebrated, highly respected because it's like they passed on a lot of information, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, you know, there was all types of books. You can get the book of what I was talking about, the spiritual books and learn about all that kind of stuff. And then there was books of knowledge and studying so every profession that was existing during this time they had a book written about it beauty tips and tricks and stuff and like I said some of the shit I'm doing now and I have books about they had books about this way back in the day yeah like how to get your hair to grow longer how to um you know if you have like a rash or you know dry skin what to mix with what and to make your skin not dry anymore how to make soap all that kind of shit all this was back in the day yeah what to look for when growing up plants or anything like that so these markets were booming i'm not gonna lie it's like every time they would come back from the winter this shit would just smack it's just booming it's like damn we went away in the winter time we come back with even more harvest you come back with even more knowledge you know what i'm saying for the writers and the scribers and stuff, it's like they would take notes and do all that kind of stuff. And then let's say they wrote one book during the, or like, you know, a couple of books during like the hot seasons during the winter. Now they they just sitting there writing the whole time, boom, boom, boom. And now they can go and sell these books at the market. So now it's like you might have went into the winter time with a book of each topic and now coming out the winter time now you got a couple copies of them that you wrote then now you can sell them you know what i'm saying so yeah it was just like it was easy it's like yeah this is filthy yeah this is so filthy the women were also starting to come up with like ideas for like hair products so like the first combs and like brushes and shit like that yeah, it was like they were sharing that information. Oh, here's a comb. And then they're at the market demonstrating, like, yeah, you can now, you can get through all that shit, and it, got, it ain't got to lock up no more. You can comb all the way through. Just start here and go down, and now it's not tangled no more. Now you can braid it better, and it's not, like, locked up, you know? 
That's 50. That's so cool. Yeah, they were learning about wine. <laughs> wine and, like, what would happen if you drank too much wine or something like that. <laughs> so it's like they were kind of, it was like they are the first to test out all these things. So they're like, oh, yeah, so. Like that phrase, like, um, drunk as a fish or what's it like? Something like that, like. You're drunk like a fish, or I don't remember the saying, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. That could have came from these times because, like, they were drinking and seeing, oh, okay, boom. As much as these grapes that I fermented and shit created wine, like they showed me in my dreams, too much of that shit will make you sick or make you nauseous or make you sleepy. So they were, they got books about that, too, like how to make wine. And then, like, if you drank too much of it, this is what would happen. You might get nauseous. Yeah, that's filthy. Yep. Yeah, and they also taught them how to break down the ice with certain tools. Like, there are certain tools that the men were having dreams and visions about on how to make it so that they can break the ice out of this chest, the first ice box, and, um, and like, you know, crack it a little bit so that they can get what they need to get out of it and bring it to the women. And then the women can cook cook it, you know what I'm saying? So all that kind of stuff was going on. That's filthy. So lastly, I think it's just a bunch of angels that was coming around during these winter months with them too and helping them with certain things. Yeah, so I'm just going to name that off. And then we're done with this episode at least. And then we'll go on to the next story. So Archangel Raphael, which, you know, we mentioned him before in the Book of Enoch with the Nephilim and stuff. He came down to help. So he's back and he's helping them with intuition when in regards to their health and healing. So um, like fish oils, how to make fish oils, how to do different things um, to help them with um, their overall health. You know, eating certain things in their diet or, you know, mixing certain spices and stuff together or however that works. Like Archangel Raphael helped with that. Let's see. Archangel Ariel, she was here before. She's known as the guardian of Earth. She was here to help them create environmental abundance. So, you know, how to get the most out of their crop, how to preserve it in certain months and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, it was like how to keep crops fresh. They could have started canning back then or like... I think it's called in today's time canning or jarring or like, you know, I don't know if there was vinegar back then or they, they did something where it was like they can preserve it like preservatives. You know what I'm saying? Because, example, if you had like vinegar and you had um, cucumbers, you can chop them up and put them in a jar and can them and they'll turn into pickles, but they'll last longer. Like shit like that. I don't know if, if they had cans or how the fuck they work, but um they did something like that where she was able to teach them how to keep it fresh. Archangel Gabriel, also I mentioned, all these archangels I mentioned before, they're all coming back and helping them. Archangel Gabriel helped them with creative expression, self-expression. So um, the women, like putting flowers in their hair, um, creating bangles, necklaces, bracelets, piercings, tattoos, different things like that that would like 
it's like everybody was their own person. They had like self-expression and creative things like they wanted to look a certain way or whatever, you know? Archangel Raggio, he also was mentioned before. He helped with relationship healing and calm, harmonious vibes between relationships, like yin-yang energy. So during the winter months, he was there to help them bond more. Like I said, Archangel Jophiel, I'm going to do a reading separately on her. We'll see if they want me to do that next or not. But she was there for joy, radiance, inspiration. So that's her energy when she's like in an archangel form. But like I said, it seems like she can also go down to purgatory and shit on the karmics for fucking up shit. So she's here for joy, radiance, and inspiration. So she was inspiring them to, you know, make these bangles, bracelets, clothing, things like that keep them happy, joyous, you know. Archangel Christiel was there to help them with, like, higher consciousness. So she was helping them receive messages from other um, archangels. Archangel Jeremiel was there giving them visions, dreams, reflections, showing them how to do things as well. That's so cool, with, like, their third eye. Archangel Michael was there um, to provide them with like clarity truth so they can discern and make sense of their dreams you know because it's not like they had a google or nothing where they can look up what this means but he was helping them bring clarity and truth to what was going on archangel raziel was there to help them with like mysteries secrets protected knowledge so for the scribers that they were able to like write about things that were kind of mysterious and didn't make sense and like they were seeing to help translate that to the next generation so that they can understand what happens on other realms and you know secrets and stuff like that archangel zadkiel was there with like helping them with like transmutation um making something out of nothing you know what i'm saying that's dope Archangel, oh, that's crazy. Oh, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, Azriel. So he had, he actually is light and dark. So I'm not going to lie. I'm seeing that like the gods, um, they were very proud of Azriel as a death angel. Oh, I'm so proud of him. But like <laughs> they're very proud of him. Because he made a lot of transitions with his own energy. So he's kind of like Samuel and Jovio, where they can go to the heavens and to purgatory now. So remember before, he was in trouble because he was one of the fallen angels that forsaken the gods and was doing all this shit. And then I said they were, um, since he helped with the Great Flood and stuff, he showed that, like, you know... He wanted to kind of like change his ways, transmute that energy. So I see like he's allowed into the heavens and into um, purgatory. So he's considered like Samuel, both an angel, an angel and a demon. So yes, he's a death angel, but like he also can go to both. So he was helping them understand like the afterlife and, you know, different things like that. Life changes, what will happen if they don't do right he will be reigning over them in purgatory but if they do do right he can kind of help them with the transition to be rebirthed or something like that because he's like 
He's giving me the energy of like um, Anubis. Because remember I said he has something to do with judgment, right? But he de- he deals with judgment and purgatory. So if he sees, okay, there's a certain karmic energy that's down there that's finally like just giving up and surrendering to the gods and now they believe oh wow the gods are real because i'm going through all this if he sees in their akashic records that they are doing good and they can deserve a second chance on this realm then he can pretty much talk to the gods now and let them know hey this certain person is falling to the submission we should see if we can give them another chance i have good faith in them that they will be able to change so there's some people that are experiencing karma and things like that, and he can help them with changing their life around, you know, getting out of that energy, working through that karma and becoming better people, stuff like that. So that's what he was working on. And then Archangel Chamiel was helping with unconditional love, healing the heart, self-love. So they were understanding like more self-love around this time too. Like I said, um, expressing themselves, self-expression, I want tattoos, I want piercings, I want bangles, I want my hair like this. Like, they were just kind of understanding that kind of stuff. The importance of, like, resting and spiritual baths, things like that. They were learning about all this kind of stuff. And then when it comes to, um, when it comes to, like, ancient comedic teachings, you know, I said a lot of this meshes in together. Thoth and Horus were actually helping as well. Thoth were helping those that were, um getting wisdom about like um uh the people that were writing these spiritual books you know the scribers not mainly the ones that were writing about gardening and stuff but the ones that were specifically writing about spiritual things purgatory the heavens the lessons Thoth was helping them with that about the akashic record so there's um in yiddish and or hebrew the original book of enoch talks about akashic records and what that even means and the akashic records that are in the heavens and the ones that are down below in purgatory and what that looks like so all of this is written in hebrew or yiddish somewhere and thoth helped them with that and then horus helped them with um help the people that were um oracles and seers that were writing these books also with um seeing things from both perspective um because horse deals with the third eye and then everything that they would see in dream time was clear they understood it they understood it like what they were seeing how to translate it you know and things like that that's so cool yeah thoth was helping them with like sacred geometry and um healing messages Different things about the gods, the as above, so below concept, the hermetic principles, things like that, you know? So, yeah, that's all I have for this whole episode. That was very informational. But now I'm going to go ahead and move forward and go make me something to eat. <laughs> and um, I hope you guys enjoy your Monday and you guys are um, learning a lot about this. Like I said, we'll see if they want me to go into explaining about how Azrael and Jovial and Samuel and a couple other angels slash demons, I guess, get that role of both and how that works. Maybe they want me to do that. But if not, we'll just move on to the next stories in the Book of Enoch. Until then, thank you for listening. Peace. <laughs>